When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. And I am Ben. Ben, today's topic is one that I am a huge fan of. This is uh, this is something that I was eager to do once we got the suggestion. Yeah, this was a listener suggestion, or I should say this is a listener suggestion from our friend Alex R. Alex uh, wrote in uh, beginning of this year, first day of this year, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact, and said, um, Hi, Scott and Ben. I've enjoyed listening to your podcast for the past few months. It's provided hours of entertainment for me while I'm out on the road. My brother, Ben... Uh, Ben R. <laughs> I won't give his full name. Uh-huh. Um, and I both own Ford Festivas, not Fiestas. Important it's, distinction. On its surface, the Festiva is an old, semi-obscure, cheap, captive, import car not many people care about. Oh, I don't know about that. I, I hmm. care about them. Um, however, the Festiva and cars like it enjoy a strong cult following, which is very true. Uh, the Festiva, in particular, is a popular platform for hypermiling and performance modifications thanks to its lightweight. It only weighs about 1,750 pounds, and a plethora of Mazda engines that are fairly straightforward to swap in if you choose to do that. Um, I'd love to hear a podcast about the economy cars of the late 80s and early 90s, discussing how they rose and fell in the American market and the people that love them today. In my mind, cars like the Festiva, the Geo Metro, the Suzuki Swift, and even the true oddballs like the (laughs) Daihatsu Sherrod and the infamous Yugo were the last true U.S. market cars that were designed specifically uh, for no frills transportation in the tr- in the tradition of the great people's car, like, like people the, uh, cars for the people. Well, yeah, like the Volkswagen Beetle, right? right. Something like that. So, um, yeah, it goes on to say that I've included a few pictures of my Festivas, uh, past and present, two aqua colored cars and one white, as well as my brother's Festiva, which is the one in red. Uh-huh. And so, thanks for reading. So, uh, Alex, when we got this note, I was actually really excited about it. I believe I responded to this one too right away and said, yeah, we're going to look into this for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, that is exactly what we've done today because it's a fascinating, uh, decade of cars, the 1980s. Right. And what we're going to find as we're looking at this decade is that there were some achievements made back then uh, due to a number of factors that are 
just now maybe being replicated. Yeah, I guess so. And, and well, sort of. I mean, we'll we'll get to sure. if they are being replicated or not, because I don't really think that they are. Mm-hmm. The, the, the truth is that the most efficient cars that we have today tend to be the, you know, the hybrids and the all electric cars, of course. Right. 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 So uh, kind of put it in a ballpark perspective. The hybrid cars of today, you know, the, the 2015, 2016 models mm-hmm. are not quite achieving the miles per gallon levels that, that just the basic cars were, were achieving back in the mid-1980s. Yeah, which blows a lot of people's minds. But we assure you, ladies and gentlemen, this is absolutely true. Yeah, and uh, we'll explain it, why. Yeah, and here are a few words that we can use uh, just to... Put you in the mindset of these 80s economy cars. Uh, uh, let's just throw some words out, Scott. So uh, inexpensive. Yeah, no frills. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, lower power. Yeah, definitely. How about, uh, I, I keep going back to it, but bare bones. I mean, yeah. the really bare bones. I Lightweight. Mean, no options. Lightweight is a good one. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a really good one. Small. Small, yeah, for sure. Compact. Uh, so these are, this kind of paints a picture of it. Uh, I remember when my folks bought a Geo Metro and I was a wee young tyke, and you've heard me complain about this before. Yeah, I have. And you know what? I've, I had, at one point, I had a girlfriend that had a Geo Metro as well with a three. Three-cylinder engine, right? Yeah, that was the weirdest thing to me, that it had a three-cylinder engine. It was a one-liter three-cylinder engine, mm-hmm, I believe. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It didn't really need a whole lot more than that, did it? No, because it was such a lightweight car. And we can talk some more in depth about the Metro itself a little, maybe a little bit later in the show. But uh, what what got me, I, I guess it was strange as a kid uh, to you know see a three-cylinder engine. It was the first time I'd seen one in a car. Mm-hmm. And we would work on this car, you know, change the oil and stuff. Sure. So it's, uh, so we got into the, you know, under the hood and we're digging around. Uh, but also after a time, man, that thing was weird to drive. You know how, you know, it's manual. So you know how, if you have, if you have a, a slippery, uh, clutch on a manual after a certain time, it, it becomes a situation where there's like one person who's good at driving it. Sure. And that was my dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, he knew all its tricks. Yeah. He knew all the tricks and no one else really did. Mm-hmm. And I, I, mom, if you're listening, I think you may have driven it a couple of times, but I completely don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's just the way it goes. I mean, someone, someone does figure out all the little nuances of the mm-hmm. vehicle and, mm-hmm. uh, and realize like, okay, I know that, uh, you know, I can't have the heater on when I'm trying to climb this hill because it just <laughs> right. it takes too much power away from it. And that's the way these cars were. I mean, uh-huh. you'd, you'd try to go, you know, accelerate up a hill and you'd feel like there's a rubber band pulling you backwards. Oh, yeah. Uh, some of them were, were just miserably uh, low-powered vehicles, you know, and they didn't have a whole lot going for them other than they were, you know, efficient ways to get around town or back and forth to school mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're just basic, again, no-frills, bare-bones transportation, and that's what they were all about. And, you know... Gas sipping was what it was all about, too, because coming off of, you know, the 1970s, the 1960s, I guess, well, sort of the 1970s, that's kind of what led to this, but right. um, a lot of cars still had big V8 engines, and that was what, you know, a lot of people felt they absolutely had to have, so it was a bit of a, a, a trying time here in the United States to get, uh, you know, the U.S. public, the general public, to say, yeah, I'm going to give that uh, that that Toyota a shot and see what it's sure. like, or that, that Honda Civic that's that's brand new at the time. I'm going to, I'll see what that's all about. Right. And let's consider too, that a lot of people had, uh, 
big, mean cars from, you know, Detroit Steel straight from uh, the 60s, right? The era uh, in the 70s. Yeah, if they're hanging on to it for a decade or so. Yeah, yeah. And then they're going to trade. They're going to trade in for this little hatchback that has a a 1.5 liter engine that, uh, you know, 60 horsepower or something like that. Right. Uh, It'll get you there eventually kind of car. I don't know. It's a huge, huge switch. So so that's the thing. And, you know, I, I was really pondering this on the way in today and, and actually all last week I have been. Yeah. Um, I've had a couple of, of, you know, low dollar cars, you know, like real, real cheap economy cars from this era. Mm-hmm. And one was kind of pushing into the 1990, it was a 1990 Festiva that I had. Well, I think we should go, I think we should have a little bit of bleed over here into the seventies and into the nineties. I agree. I mean, maybe the end of the 1970s and the beginning of the 1990s. I yeah. mean, there's, there's so many cars to mention. I don't know if we're going to mention them all. And I, again, I think that's something we should mention is that, uh, there, there's more out there than we're going to be able to talk about today. Oh, for sure. And there's Even diesel. Yeah. Yeah. There's diesel variants. There's uh mm-hmm. there's gasoline cars, but you're not going to find any hybrids. You're not going to find any all electrics or anything like that on our list. No hydrogen or, uh, you know, vegetable oil powered cars, et cetera. No, exactly right. And, and later I want to get into this and there's a, a, a really interesting write up about some of the older cars versus the newer cars, like almost a direct comparison, not mm-hmm. brand new because it's an older article, but Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's one that compares a 1989 Honda CRX HF mm-hmm. versus a 2009 Toyota Prius. So 20 years separate them and we'll, we'll show you the difference. And a lot of bells and whistles, a uh, lot of technology. Oh yes. A lot of technology. That, that's the dramatic difference between them. No, Scott, I derailed us just a little bit. Uh, you had a Festiva. I did have a Festiva. Yeah. I had a 1990 Festiva and, uh, that's not the only economy car I guess I had. I also had a... Mercury Lynx station wagon from the early 1980s. Whoa. And I want to say, I, I, I think I've quoted it as being a 1981, but it may have been a 1983, something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. And I don't really recall the, uh, you know, the, the mileage being outstanding, but it was, at the, I mean, it was probably like close to 40 miles per gallon. That's great. Yeah, that's man. really good. Yeah. But I, but I didn't stand out. What did stand out, however, was that Ford Festiva that I drove. It, it must've I would swear on the highway that thing was getting close to 50 miles per gallon. I, I really would. And I, I don't know if I have any, um, you know, old log books or anything to back that up or anything, but I think it's pretty routine for people with a car like that, you know, the, or that car specifically, uh, to get that kind of mileage. And I think that the yeah. uh, the claimed miles per gallon, I have it here somewhere, um, the claim miles per gallon of uh, the Festiva is something like 35 in the city and 42 in the highway, but uh, for the L version. And that was with a 1.3 liter engine, 63 horsepower is all it had, and a 10 gallon tank. Um, so right there, you can see that you know it's it's much smaller engine. Um, but that's not the only uh, thing that sets economy cars apart. There were also uh, a lack of features, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, for instance, uh, no power windows. Mm-hmm. Right, that would be a big thing. You're not going to see a lot of bells and whistles in terms of entertainment options, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Like you'll have a, a radio. Sure. Uh, but you won't. You wouldn't have uh, necessarily a cassette player, mm-hmm. right? There's also not going to be high end upholstery. Uh, like you know, leather interiors. Just yeah. imagine that on an Escort. Almost all plastic interior. Yeah. And yeah. cheap plastic. Like not even, you know, probably won't even have any kind of green to it really. Right. It's just and lightweight. Flat, flat plastic. It's going to yeah. be lightweight. That's right. Lightweight gray plastic. Yeah. You know from that, uh, from that Metro, right? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the interesting story about the Geo Metro, just a little bit of trivia, the whole um, genesis for that, which, 
you know, is really a Suzuki, ultimately. Mm -hmm. um, the whole genesis for that was the idea of uh, whether the engineers could build a 100 MPG four-passenger vehicle. No kidding. Yeah. I had no idea. Well, you know, a lot of, uh, <laughs> between the theory and the practice, a lot is often lost. You know, when the, uh, when the Geo brand became a thing, you know, within General Motors. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fairs. Discover more at Viking.com. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.